I am unashamed. What about you? Uh, so, Jace, I, I hear this. So we're talking about the, today we're getting to the, the uh, burial of Jesus and the resurrection. Mm-hmm. But Stone's telling me something. I just oh. got a glimpse of a story oh. that I, did, I haven't heard, so I'm hearing it for the first time. I haven't told this story because Stone was like, don't tell that story. I mean, it's too disturbing. And I was like, what? <laughs> this is this is real life. Yeah. So I'm coming down duck hunting, and I've often said many times I've told various stories that you see things in between the hours of 3.30 and 5 a.m. that really shows a reflection of the, the status of life. Yep. And a lot of it is troubling. I, I look at our culture. Our culture at that morning, time of the morning— there are some disturbing signs. Because it's actually, you know what it's like, Jace? It's like, because when I, uh, at 1030, you go to Chick-fil-A and it's a changing of the guard. They've mm-hmm. had breakfast up till 1030. And then at 1030, there's like a magic thing that gets, you know, switch that gets flipped. And then we go to spicy chicken sandwiches, which is good for y'all. So well, it's kind of like that. Well, in, me... in the middle of the night or in the early this? morning hours for y'all, it's the magic yeah. going out. But for other people... They've been doing, they've been up to things that are well, now coming to an end. Let and me he's lay talk, off. He's talking about traveling uh, roads that were just dirt yeah. a few years back. That's right. But now they're pavement, but they're still in the... Yeah, when I was, no, for, when yeah. I was a young lad learning how to drive, I, I started the Tokyo Drift out here on these roads. It was the redneck. Well, drift. let me just say, for those who've been living under a bridge or whatever, <laughs> Phil lives in a very remote place. On the globe, <laughs> this this is really remote. Yeah, because it's I all mean, it's all timber land coming out here. So there's no yeah. there's nobody lives out. Phil here, actually you know? quoted said something on the our little duck show that we used to be a part of that people thought, boy, I wonder who wrote that. You know, they they didn't realize that everything we were saying, <laughs> unfortunately or fortunately, based on your view of our show, <laughs> was literally said off the top of our head. But Phil. Famously said, where I'm at, I am 911. And people thought, boy, what a line. No, that was true. I mean, people, because Phil is a person of character and there, there are some people. And it's true. Like the, our neighbor's house caught on fire one time. It was terrible. We all just, all we could do is stand there and watch it burn because the yeah. fire department wasn't going to get here for it burned By out. By the time they get here, whatever was going to happen probably it, happened. It's probably already happened. So uh, so I will read this just because since Stone was nervous about me sharing this story, what happened to him. You know, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 4, which actually goes in with what we're talking about. This is right after 4, 13, where he said, you know, how is this going down with the people that were dead and the people that were alive when Jesus comes back? And he says, we believe Jesus died and was buried and raised again, and so will we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. You know, we're talking resurrection here. Yeah. Well, he gets to 1 Thessalonians 5 because he knows what everybody's thinking. Well, when is this going to happen? Because if you knew, well, then you get yourself ready. Well, and also the context of the Thessalonians, they thought it was so imminent that they were selling all their stuff 
quit, quit working. Quit, quit working because he has to say, hey, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, just keep going about your life here. You know, this this may be a little while for you. And so then he goes on to say in chapter five and two, this will come like a thief in the night, which means that whenever people say, whenever they predict <laughs> the world's going to end, Wrong. we know that's not true. <laughs> But I want to just take a little side point about the story I'm going to share because he says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 4, which is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, that we as followers of Jesus should not be surprised when this happens, which when you carry that through your mind, we're ready. Yep. We don't want to see Jesus come back and say, oh, my goodness, what is happening? This is shocking. Now, yeah. this is something we Who in the on. world is that? Yeah, we don't. you don't want to be surprised. And then he makes this illustration, which is going to be to the point, the foundation for my story. It says, so then, verse 6, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. Now, that <laughs> alert is going to be a key theme to the story I'm about to tell. Well, I'm intrigued. I've never heard a setup <laughs> quite like Boy, this. Well, building it, And I'm going to keep building because verse 7 says, for I've those who sleep, setup. sleep at night, <laughs> and those who get drunk get drunk at night. Well, what about when there's a combination of those two things and thinking about alert? <laughs> so... I'll get to the story. I'm driving down. It's 4.45 a.m., just like I do every other day of duck season for You could 60 say days. this, where you were, is, is in the middle of nowhere. I, that's that's why I led with that. Yep. We're, I am literally in a place where there is nothing. There are trees, and there are trees that just got cut. So we have a cutover, and we have trees. They're fixing to be cut, or they just got cut. In between bridges, canals, creeks, swamps, woods, and a lot of critters. A lot of critters. Which, so, which puts you more on alert, by the way. And it's an eight, When I drive out here, I'm on yeah. alert because something may dart out of the woods. I've hit right. multiple deer. Oh, I hit yeah. a hoot owl once. I mean, he hit me. I didn't hit him. So don't say, oh, Jace broke the law. He hit a hoot owl. No, it, it literally flew into my windshield. Yeah. And I had so, one hit the window. Like I had my window down and hit the thing and then just came in and clawed my leg on the way by. So there's uh, an eight now? there's an eight mile stretch when you head to my dad's that that is filled with carcasses and and vultures. Yep. That are ready to you know, it's it's like you're seeing the food chain and the cleanup all at one time. We thing call it carcass lane because yeah. the rednecks like to throw out their deer carcasses. So I'm so. in the middle of that area. And I get a phone call at 4.45, which is unusual because most people are sleeping. <laughs> well, it's, it's Stone. And he says, I, I'm going to give you, and I quote, I say, yeah, because I'm wondering. I, I'm thinking he's overslept yeah. and he's going to be late because that's really the only time you'd get that call. But he said, I say, yeah. He says, watch out for that body in the middle of the road. <laughs> I said, so what would you say to that? I said, come again. Well, you would say, come again. I said, and I said it frustratingly because I didn't like, I didn't, I was, didn't know what that meant. Yeah. So I said, what kind of body? I said it like that. And he said, in this manner of speaking, human. <laughs> 
So I just hung up. Because <laughs> I thought. Watch out for that watch body. Watch out for the so human body. 30, Jason's the body. Uh, I hung up. So 30 seconds later, because now I'm looking in the road, which he didn't know where I was at. And I didn't know where he was at. But now which I'm almost most here. would have had that conversation. I know. I mean, I probably should have. But that, well, how do you explain in that stretch? Because up until this point, I haven't seen a body in the road. I would have remembered that. So I, I, and I'm almost here. I mean, within a few miles. Yeah. So I, I start looking. 30 seconds, I see something in the road. Big. And I thought, well, that can't be a human body. That's too big. And it was in the middle of the road, as in, I'm slowing down or because I would have hit this, whatever this is. And this is not a standing body. No. <laughs> and so I, as I slow down, I thought, huh, there's a human laying in the road across the road, head where, where the lines would be in the middle, feet. On, Probably on better say a, a human lying in the road. <laughs> lying in the road. My bad. So for our vocabulary lessons, just, uh, English major. <laughs> I know. I'm caught up in the hysteria of what happened. So I ease around the body in the road because I didn't. It was a human. I was, and at that moment, I felt compassion. I thought this body was dead because it was face down in the asphalt with kind of arms outstretched so i call stone back and i because i was gonna say i'm fixing to see if this body is alive but as i'm pushing the the dial i see a the truck coming and i'm looking i'm like oh because it's hard to turn around there yeah there's nowhere to turn around so he said watch out for the body and he had to find a place to turn around he's coming back so i was like perfect so he come up beside me and he's like what do you think and i said I don't know. <laughs> so he called 911. And he so now he's on the phone with 911. And I hear him now cuz now I've just turned around in the ditch and we're both got our headlights on this human body. Well, I was And you're start, thinking he's dead. I mean, Al, I'm like 99% sure he he looked dead. Okay. I mean, who who would do this? Cuz cuz there's no civilization. And there was anywhere. no vehicle. There's no anywhere. house, there's no vi- and I'm looking at all this with I got a spotlight that I use for duck hunting. And I'm, cause I'm looking in the bushes thinking this I've seen enough seven. movies oh, yeah. to think, okay, this when is the are beginning the... of a horror movie. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I have, <laughs> I have located my pistol. I haven't drawn it, but I know where it's at. And I, cause I thought it could be people in the bushes saying, Oh, I'm hurt. And then you <laughs> get out. I mean, we've seen those. I mean, that was in the back of my mind, but I'm thinking somebody has either dumped this body or hit this body. But as I and by the way, it's on Carcass Lane. Is that on that side? No, oh, but okay. it, it's in the general vicinity. Okay. And so, uh, but I started assessing the situation as he's talking, and and I'm like, "There's nobody in the woods that because I ball I would I lit them up with this spotlight. There's nobody <laughs> out here. There's I see no blood. Now I see no movement, but I see no blood. Yeah. And I looked at his feet; he was bare feet. And they had pajama pants on and just like a regular shirt, but the pajama pants were kind of pulled down a little bit. And so it's like you see his midsection was just exposed, yeah. which was troubling. But I thought, <laughs> there's no blood. I see no wound. 
And then it, and I, his feet looked real dirty, as in he'd been walking on the road. And I thought, maybe he just collapsed. So then it hit me to do what I should have done first. I went, hey! I hollered, I mean loud. <laughs> well, when I hollered, Jay went, there's movement. Because he kind of moved his head. And Jay's like talking to 911. He's, he's alive. And then I heard Jay say, but he's not looking real good. And that's what I was thinking. So then the guy puts his arms behind him, because you got to remember, we're up on pretty close to him with our headlight. As it, as, and I've not, I noticed this position. Yeah, it's the handcuff position. <laughs> I said, he thinks we're the law. So that made me think he's probably been up to no good. Because, uh, uh, I mean, you're... It's, it's possible my, in this particular scenario. <laughs> I mean, I'll just put myself in this situation. If I've decided to take a rest in the middle of the road, asphalt, <laughs> my first inclination... You need to be over in the tree line in the ditch. It's not funny. Recommend. This is not funny, but well, everybody live. Now that he's alive, we can laugh. We can laugh about but it. But my first inclination, if somebody hollered at me, would not be to assume the handcuff position. That just wouldn't happen. That gave you a little information on where he, where this possibly could start that, it. That's what, that's what I thought. So then I thought, okay, we have either drunkenness, drugs, or mental, m- mental problems. Mental problems we, yeah. One of those three things, I don't know what else we could have here. And so I said that, and Jay was relaying that you know, to, <laughs> to the 911. Yeah. You know, is there movement? Yeah. Is he coherent? No. He's not coherent. He tried to lift his head. So then it was, then it got into the back and forth of, you know, what, what's he doing? Do you feel safe? And Jay Stone was like, said they told him to wait right there, and he said, look, I got decoys to put out. No, no, here's what happened. Stone said, do you want us to wait till you get here? And they said, we don't care what you do. We're coming. So I think they thought, because you say that, Jay said, well, that seemed a little, you know, impolite of me. And I was like, well, no, they're thinking, what? There's nobody out there. Except y'all, y'all are going duck hunting in this fella. So, when the other thing is, for us, hang on, let's take a break. So, of course, preachers like New Year's because it gives you a chance to kind of help people reset. Like, you know, you need to think about this. A lot of times we always start a new series around the first of the year because people. Sometimes they'll say, you know what, I'm going to give church a try, I'm going to give God a try, or whatever. So we like this time of year, but a lot of times for people it comes out of a depressing time because they got problems in their relationships and all this. And so one of the things that I like to do is, I agree with Dad, you have to put Christ first. But sometimes, you know, sin gets in the way and people have a lot of problems. Bill is right because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Mm. Whatever so, year it is, whatever day it is, I like it. So one of the one of our sponsors uh, is a, is a group called Faithful Counseling, and uh, I really love what they're doing because I'm a firm believer in counseling. We have done a lot of counseling, but we're not trained counselors, and these people are. Uh, they're licensed therapists. They have over three thousand. They're spread across all fifty states. There's you can go by text or chat or phone or video. So there's a lot of different ways to connect with these folks, and sometimes you can't find a good counselor in your area, which I understand. So if you're having some problems, relationships, or you know internal issues, 
Uh, give these guys a shot. I think they may help you. It's faithfulcounseling.com slash unashamed. You're going to get 10% off your first month of counseling. So go to faithfulcounseling.com slash unashamed. You're going to fill out a questionnaire. They're going to assess your needs. They're going to match you with a counselor that can help you. He could also turn violent. Then you'd have to do something. Well, I think that's what they were probably thinking. Because I'm like, it was I mean, a you don't want to have to do something to this person either. Yeah, which I, I was never. You I never mean, felt threatened. My first thing was not going to be pull out my pistol right. unless a bunch of people bum rushed the vehicle. Right. My If he got up and went zombie apocalypse, <laughs> I would just hook it in reverse. I can outrun a man in his condition in, in my truck. And so they said, we're on the way. Long story short, you know, ambulance come he he never looked like oh i fell asleep in the middle of the road so he had had a bad night but i i was telling <laughs> stone i was like no the reason you tell this story is if you have a a drinking problem or a drug problem you, you don't want to end up in in asphalt sleeping where there's just all these critters that most time when they see a body laying in the road they're like here we go <laughs> Because I was thinking more Especially like that. Especially in this area, yeah. I mean, yeah. we got bo- a bobcats over there in the ditch saying, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, that's, where, that's where, it, where it leads. But I thought to myself, this could be the bottom. Sure, we could have just kept going, you know. But, I mean, I'm like, here's this human being here. Yeah. We got to stop our life, and, and maybe this will be, you know, a point where they can – Gets their act together because sort of it seemed kind of in the now how I, I'm just guessing, but if you're you're laying out in the middle, I, the, literally the middle of nowhere in the middle of the road, and there's people driving by, there we well, there's some changes that need to be made. It's a dangerous direction. dangerous spot. Yeah, to lie down. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the old Good Samaritan story. I mean, he was really fortunate that y'all were the ones because there's some people driving around out here. At, Four o'clock in the morning. Next car could have hit him. It would have hit him because that'd have been high on meth or something. And we know there's a lot of that going on too. So yeah. he's fortunate it was you and Stone that found him, and to be alive. Yeah, exactly. You talk about so it killed. was a happy ending because the person, you know, the last time we heard is okay. At least he's going to get checked out, and because that's what I'm saying. A lot of I've heard a lot of people get up and give their testimonies or whatever, and it. There was a story like this that was in there, you know? Yeah, that's right. So I always remember that uh, Trent Langhoff, one of my good friends who's now out at Colorado Christian University, I mean, he's so educated and he's so articulate and he loves Jesus and he has a beautiful family. At one time, he was homeless in New Orleans and had a drug overdose that put him in a hospital. Yep. I mean, but he fell out and he was lying in a road down in New Orleans, which is the only thing worse that I could think than being out in this cutover. That's right. But here you look at him now, so I thought, you know, I think it's worth telling just to say, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that's going on. That's right. Mostly at night. I mean, that's why that that First Thessalonians 5 that said that. It said those who get drunk, they get drunk at night. And this was, we were just seeing the end of a pretty rough night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, because he had had to have walked 
miles miles to get to, get to get to this spot. Which is why I said when I saw his feet, I was like, he'd been walking a ways. Yeah. And wasn't real sure where he was headed or where he was going and just So yeah, that happened. But it also made me, you know, realize that story. I thought of that parable myself. Yeah. I was like, we're I mean, once we knew he was okay, I mean, then it kind of became a little humorous, but it really not funny. No. I mean, this is a human being, and we all... It's really have, sad. Yeah, it's sad. It's and, a sad uh, story. But hopefully, you're right, it'll have a, a good ending if this person realizes it, you know, what's what, how sad his life really is. But to the story, to the Good Samaritan story, the person in the story, because this was a guy that was nobody wanted to deal with either, and Jesus' point is the people that walked by were people that should have been... They, they were followers of God. They should have been willing to check on this guy, but because he wasn't on their status level, they just walked on by. And that, that was his point, was the idea is that every person is important. If you look nationwide, there's a lot of people that walk on by. Oh, that's exactly right. Walk on by. Walk on by. That's exactly right. Don't care about anybody. But he's in the road. We don't know whether he's dead or alive. You say, hey, hey I ain't got time to fool with that. That's right. I'm in a hurry or I'm in a whatever. Dangerous. Well, and even, you know, like I said, the police... I mean, their position on it has to be you can do what you want because if they tell you to stay and then he attacks you, well, then right. then it's going to come back on them. That's right. And uh, I thought it was just an interesting bit of dialogue there. I was thinking, I mean, this guy's laying in the middle of the road. He needs some help. There's nobody out here. There's no houses. There's no He, he, he needs some help. Yeah, that is the so, saddest part of the story to me is that him winding up there. But it made me realize how important you know Jesus is in somebody's life that you have some kind of moral compass to make better decisions. But you also have people who, I mean, all of the things that Jesus did, which was awesome. I mean, we're amazed at his arguments and the things he said and all the sermons that he, that he had, but he also just had a heart for every person. And, and, and what he got with that was having a bad reputation among religious people and the government because he would, have a meal with anybody and help anybody and touch anybody. And so, but God knows that those are the moments where transformation can happen. And that's the greatest gift on earth that you can see is somebody go from laying in the streets. I wanted to share that just, who knows, one day you may hear this podcast. That's right. If you hear the podcast, you'll, you'll know, you'll remember what happened. Yeah, there's a New Year's resolution. He probably he probably does not remember you or Stone no. or anybody else. Probably. No. Yeah, he no. probably probably the whole night's gone now. Yep. I hope I hope I pray that he turns his life around. So to your point, Jace, last time we talked about Jesus on the cross, and there were a couple of things I wanted to mention that we didn't talk about because I find them interesting. But in those statements he made, he's dying for the sins of the world. But he looked at his mother. He was concerned for her. He looked at the people that were killing him. He said, forgive him. He looked at the thief and said, you know, he gave him comfort. You know, and he had just been insulting him, you know, five minutes earlier. So to your point, Jesus always had that compassionate look mm-hmm. at people, even the people that, from our perspective, didn't deserve it. Uh, last time, I didn't mention this in Matthew 27, the moment in uh, verse 51 when Jesus dies, and it says he gave up his spirit. And then on one of the other ones, he te- he says, into your, into your hands I commit my spirit. The temple curtain tears in two from top to bottom. 
Yeah. And then there's also an earthquake that happens. And remember, you've had this, there's been an eclipse, a divine eclipse. It's three hours they've been in dark. Mm. Would, would, would the, uh, your, your thought process be that was God leaving there? Yeah. I mean. Well, that's why I wanted to bring it up because a lot of people say, what does that mean? The temple curtain tears that. But so I want to set that scenario because it was that was a huge thing that happened. Because the way the temple set up, you had the interior little room called the Holy of Holies. And the high priest would go in there once a year to make a sacrifice for the Sprinkle people. Sprinkle a little blood. Sprinkle some blood. A, a spotless lamb would be sacrificed. And then he worked in the outer part of that called the, the holy place. It wasn't the Holy of Holies, the Holy Place. And there was a temple curtain that, that separated the two. And the thing was, anybody else, you walk back in there, you just stroll in there, you die. And so when Jesus dies, that thing rips in two by divine power, meaning there's no more the, the yeah. sacrifice for sins that you've thought all this time, that's over. Yep. That just changed. So that was a that was a huge yeah. thing that happened. For, you know, especially and that's for a pretty Jewish good mindset. basis for saying uh in a, in a relatively short period of time, this thing is coming down. I right. mean, that's pretty well the the coming of it, it leaving, right? It's not being there anymore. Well, the shadow of temple worship versus Jesus worship. You know, a good book, yeah, a, a good letter that addresses that is Hebrews, and in Hebrews thirteen, twelve, after it gave the analogy in verse eleven about the high priest carrying the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering but the bodies are burned outside the camp, you know, which would be their way of worship just to, to push their sins forward, you know, right. another year. And we know Jesus did it once and for all. He says that in Hebrews 9. But in verse 12 it says, And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore for here. We don't have an enduring city, but we are looking to the city that is to come. But it made me think about this fellow in the road. You know, we call nine one one when we, I don't know who initiated the thought, but when we say when somebody's a danger to himself or others, well, you call nine one one, even, even humanity recognizes you've become a danger to yourself or others. You're right. in the middle of a highway. But when you think about what Jesus offers and that he loves everyone, I mean, we're all dangerous to ourselves and others outside of him looking at it from an eternal perspective. Yeah. I mean, you don't have the, the way, the means, the wisdom to solve your problems. It, it's just, it's just not there, which is why Jesus did what he did. Right. I agree. Let's take another break. So one of my uh, favorite uh, new sponsors we have is a group called 40 Days for Life. And as y'all know, Lisa and I are super heavily involved in the pro-life movement. Uh, part of it's because of our own testimony and Lisa's story, but we've just met some amazing people. And um, as Jace has mentioned before, to fight for the life of the unborn, I can't think of a better fight, you know, because who's there to fight for them, right? Just you're, as a human. Yeah, because you're not even safe in your mother's womb. So uh, they've written a new book. It's called What to Say When, 
the complete new guide to discussing abortion. Because a lot of people find themselves being pro-life, but they're not sure how to defend because these people come in with these arguments. They come up with these fancy ways to put it, but it's just killing babies. But they've got all the terminology. So these guys have written a great book. They've done work, and they're now in over a 1,000 cities in 65 countries. They hold peace vigils, uh, sometimes outside of abortion facilities. They've helped 221 abortion workers uh, leave not only that, but also come to know Christ, which is pretty incredible. So there's a great group. I love them. What to Say When, the complete new guide to discussing abortion, how to change minds and convert hearts in a brave new world. So check them out. Um, if they're on Amazon, um, or you can go directly to 40daysforlife.com. So it's 40daysforlife.com. Go to Amazon, buy the book, and get in the fray. Uh, and then something else happens that I wanted to mention. I want to mention that just because people I know will wonder what that was up with the temple. But also this earthquake happens. The earth shook, it says, in 51. Uh, the rocks split, tombs broke open, and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs, and after Jesus' resurrection, so that's still going to be you know a couple of days away, they went into the city and appeared to many people. Now that's a weird. I mean, <laughs> what what what, what a weird really happening know. that is. What, yeah, what I was, don't really what know that? what that means. I mean, it, part of me, the fact that it says after Jesus's resurrection, well, then you think maybe they got their glorified body there, which was not unprecedented because yep. you'd had the transfiguration occur in seventeen and the two. You had a dispute dispute about Moses's body on where it was buried, posted by the evil one. He was like, "Where's where's his body?" And then you had uh, Elijah, Elijah, who didn't die. He just took off. And there's other other guys mentioned. Yeah, there's one in Enoch. Yeah, in in Genesis. Uh, he just. I think Hebrew, I'm here in Hebrews. What did it say about Enoch? By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. Before he was so taken So there were a few yeah. pre this happening that, that didn't experience death like most people do. So Well, and then you have that weird passage in 1 Peter 3 when he was talking about when Jesus would come back, and yeah. it says that Jesus went and shared to those, should I just read it? Uh, it said, let's see, First Peter, Peter 3, three yep. it says in verse 18, Christ died for sins once for all. So this is the same time frame. The righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body but made alive by the Spirit, through whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison who disobeyed long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah. I think the timing is right for that because some were resurrected and impossible. I mean, I didn't read that out of a book somewhere. I just, I read that and I've read where that's why I wanted to bring it up. it's It's intriguing. I mean, they either were like Lazarus who they were raised and then they died again. Mm-hmm. Or they were like Jason's describing; they were actually glorified, and then I guess left. They're not still here, so so they didn't stay if they were raised glorified. I mean, I if know. you read all the passages that talk about that, you remember Paul's 
vision that seems to be about himself. Right. In Corinthians, where he knew a guy that was called up to the third yeah. heaven, and he saw things that he sh- that we can't speak of. Mm-hmm. And when you put all those together, what you conclude is we don't know outside of the physical world and our senses, right? What the heck's going on? That's and right. anybody who claims they they do is probably making money reading people's palms <laughs> or whatever. And and I'm not saying there's not something to that because there seems to be since the beginning of time the idea of witchcraft and Mm -hmm. demon possessions and voodoo and all that kind of spiritual world but based on what i read this doesn't make me scared at all i just know that jesus has the power to raise dead bodies and people that were dead he can bring them back to life in a real meaningful way and it you know in acts one it says jesus himself and most of these other things that you see, nothing's ever proven. Right. It's like I hear a voice, you know, it's it's telling me, but it's most of the stuff you hear on the psychic hotline and all is something that a pretty good con man could pull off. Not saying that it's not happening, but Well there's a big difference in resurrecting people and my grilled cheese sandwich look like Jesus, you know? Well, right. I mean, yeah. Or a cloud. I've seen people do that. You know, yeah. They send you an email, and there's a cloud, and they're like, look, see? And it's like the cloud is the shape of, like, the gospel diagram. Right. It's like trying to tell us something. <laughs> I'm like, well, he already did tell us something, yeah, just in black and white and red in the Bible. But so, like you, like all of us, I, you know, I hear things that I think, well, eh, I don't know about that. But I know because I read passages like this that anything is possible. I mean, God could decide to do whatever he wants to do. If yep. he wants to bring people back to life and then well, they die again. I think again, as humans, a- people try to come up with something extra that's not in here. But there's nothing extra that you're going to come up with that God didn't solve. Yeah. When he says he took care of, you know, all all of the issues, it there's nothing. If you live forever with God, what else is there? That's right. If, if you're... If you have all your sins removed and you're resurrected and you're going to live forever with a forever family, what else does he need to tell you? That's pretty well covered. I mean, that's the basis for everything, right? You're exactly right. So, so, and we get to 57 and in Matthew 27, and so Jesus has died. All the prophecies have been fulfilled, you know, that because his legs weren't broken where the other thieves were, which by the way, the reason they did that is because you, when you crucify, when you crucify someone, you're, you don't really kill them by the nails and all that. They asphyxiate. They can't, they can't breathe. So they, that's, that's how they die. So what they would do when they got ready to be done with them, if they're still alive, they break their legs where they couldn't push up and get a breath. Mm-hmm. And so that was, so they went out to do that because they want to wrap this thing up. But Jesus was already dead. So that, of course, you remember this. You know, one of them stuck a spear in his side. It said, "Just you know, water and blood flowed out of it." And so Jesus was already dead in this moment. So they take well, his. Well, ahead. I was just going to say one thing before we moved on from that. I mean, because the physical world was kind of turned upside down. I mean, in that you had the curtain being ripped and you had the earthquake. But I do, I did want to say about all that while this is going on, that the spiritual world was turned upside down too. That's right. We just are not privy to what the, what's going on. And look, there's tons of great ideas on what this does mean out there in religious 
land as far as different opinions and scholars. But I, I just think that. What about all the people who were dead, all these spirits? Because to God, all are alive. We read that mm-hmm. in the analogy when they said, what if the woman is married seven times? Remember he got down and he said, yep. to, to God, all are alive. So that whole world was turned upside down in a positive because of Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection. So why is it shocking that some were resurrected at that point? I mean, I don't, we don't know what God was thinking 2000 years ago because he's not bound by time, but no matter what you come up with, it's exciting. Yeah. And you're right. The spiritual forces, both good and evil, I mean, this was like the biggest theater going in this moment because here was Jesus. Well, and, exactly. I mean, I mean, I'll give you another question now. Why hang were? On, let's take a break then. So, a lot of times I've noticed um, people like to complain about government or about things they don't like. Because of course, right now we've got vaccine mandates, critical race theory, all these things about the about the government and their issues, but they don't really do much about it. And so there's a group, one of our sponsors is a group called Convention of States, and they have an opportunity for you to do something. Uh, they they rightly say that uh, Congress or the presidency, Joe Biden, they're never going to limit their own power. They're only going to try to grab more. And so what they've done is uh, they've started a, a movement, uh, and it's called Convention of States, and it's supported by Glenn Beck. Uh, Ron DeSantis, Mark Levin, people we've heard of. It's being led by a man named Mark Meckler. And so what they're asking you to do is go to conventionofstates.com slash fill, and they have a petition there that basically gets state legislatures uh, to to change their own state constitutions, which, of course, can change federal power. So they're saying there is a way to do something. you got to put more power in the states, and that's what their movement is about. So visit, if you're interested in, Checking these guys out, visit conventionofstates.com slash fill. Sign the petition, conventionofstates.com slash fill to put power back to the states. Why were these demon-possessed guys hanging around in a graveyard? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a couple of stories where they were chained. One of them, they had him chained in a cave at a cemetery. Well, that I, I don't even need to know the story <laughs> to realize there's something about dead spirits and demon possession and a connection there when you have multiple stories about people acting crazy in a cemetery and having to be confined. I mean, and then here's Jesus having the power to do that. Plus, how many times over the course of the four Gospels is for three straight years, everywhere, every time Jesus goes into a new village, you know, it says he healed people, he cast out demons. So, I mean, there was so much demonic activity going on, to your point. Every city he went into, he's oh, like, yeah. you know, he's casting this one out. In fact, we talked about the Marys. You, you could find it in every city today. Correct. That's why I don't <laughs> knock these different nationalities' view of death. You know, some, like in the the Native American world, you know, there's certain things and certain rituals were meant for the death. And, you know, you have these, there's not a Western that goes by that you don't, you know, they wouldn't even walk through the burial ground with all this. Yeah. Well, that's real. I mean, those that's coming from a place of, we realize 
just because your body's dead, it's not over. That's it. it. That's right. And Jesus is the only one who had the power to address that world. And I think that gives me comfort to know that I don't know how many people there have been on the earth since the beginning of time, but it's a big number. And when I die, we tend to, as humans think, well, nobody's going to remember me or I'm lost or I'm, I mean, based on what I'm reading, God is fully aware of every person dead or alive. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And you think about this movie, how many movies have been made about this idea about people coming back? Remember Poltergeist, it was a big hit because they had built this subdivision on top of an old Indian burial ground. So they sucked the little girl in through the TV Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember that? And then that's kind of coming out of the ground. And, you know, of course, there's casting out. Well, you remember Eastwood, you know, he rode into town and he made them all. He took all the people that were insignificant and put them in charge and painted the whole town red and put hell on it and put hell on it. (laughs) And then they had a big gunfight and all the the people with bad hearts got got killed. And then he rode off and disappeared. You know, he came back from the dead. The whole movie, that's what it was about. They yep. just well, it was the it. spirit of the old yep. guy they had killed, and yep. he came back as a bad dude. Because <laughs> we all have a sense of there's something going on here. And you didn't have to read the Bible to get that sense. It, it's just the nature of being a human. And what, where did all of this come from in each and every different culture? They all have their certain thoughts on it. But I'll tell you this, of all the stuff I've read, seen, and respect other people's view of it, I like what the Bible tells me about how Jesus viewed it the best. I mean, if you just look at this as a story, to me, this makes the most sense. It does. No doubt. And I think about that movie, Jay's the name of that was so... So, so whoever come up with that high plains drifter, yeah, the idea is we don't know who this guy is, but he's coming from some higher plane somewhere. When he rolled into Seaside, yeah, that last tombstone when, you, when they rode by, it, it was that guy that they had whipped horse whipped to death. Yeah, that's right there in the street. Yeah, yeah, it was actually him. He just came back. Yep, he just made came back and, right. and made things right. That's pretty good. So in in verse fifty seven, um, they take his body down and there's a guy Joseph of Arimathea and if you read all the other gospels you kind of put the all the puzzle together on who he was he was a member of the high council which meant he was a part of the sanhedrin but then one of the one of the books says that of course he didn't agree with what they did cuz secretly he was a follower of Jesus and so he went to Pilate he asked for Jesus' body Pilate says it can be given to him Joseph took the body wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, placed it in his own new tomb, because he was a rich man, that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance, and there were the Marys. And then we know from John 18 that Pilate, I mean, um, Poncho, <laughs> Nicodemus, was yeah. with Joseph of Arimathea, and he was, remember, the Pharisee that Jesus had talked really to. really an awesome transformation talking about transformation of someone's life it didn't share how it happened he meets jesus at night in the early chapters of john in chapter three and now here he is trying to take care of jesus's body in the end which would be embarrassing for him well i mean it it, 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 it's against the law i mean like 
in his position, he, you wouldn't go anywhere near a dead body. No. I mean, well, that, that makes you unclean. This guy. Exactly. <laughs> Claiming to be the son of God. What I love about it, Jace, is these two guys have been a part of the whole thing, but but the, in their hearts, they've really come to faith in Jesus and who he says he was. And now they're coming out because when they did this, there's no going back. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they they literally had to cross over to to do what they did, and they're saying, you know, you don't read about them once you get to Acts, but but I've always been curious as to what happened to them, you know, because mm-hmm. that was a bold move. I mean, I think they probably became warriors for Jesus. I think so too. They we, pro- probably were martyrs. We, we we, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom a wi- in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, which we're looking at, a wisdom that has been hidden. No one had ever tried this before and got away with it, but Jesus did. It had been hidden that God destined for our glory before time began. All this worked out in advance. None of the rulers of this age, I think it's the political people and the authorities and the people at the Sanhedrin, none of none of those people understood it, Jesus dying, being buried and raised from the dead. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And he goes on to say, no eye has, has it written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit, which is Jason's point, who wrote this down. Right. All the writers wrote what the spirit, with, with the spirit's help to put down, here's, here's what you say about this, here's what you say about that, on and on and on it goes, you know. Right. Let's take our last break. It's a, it's a pretty wild story. It's wild. and But, you know, it's really interesting because only Matthew mentions this next section and none of the other three gospels mention this, which I, I find fascinating because this was a pretty big deal. It says the next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. So we're getting this a little behind the scenes, sir. They said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver, which I thought that's the narrative they're painting now. Yeah. After th- he said, after three days, I will rise again. So they got that. Right? I mean, they heard that. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he's been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. So Pilate says, take a guard, go make the tomb as secure as you know how, which I found that a funny phrase. It's almost like to me he's saying, good luck with that. <laughs> But he says, as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a Roman seal on the stone, which meant if if you if you went and messed with this thing, you were going against the Roman government. Yeah. So, but I, I find that fascinating because number one, they knew what he said, but they were so steeped in their disbelief that they still thought they could control this situation. And they thought, well, no, he's, they're going to go steal. We're never going to be yeah. rid of this guy. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I thought if, if he really was who he said he was, you're not going to be able to keep him in the ground. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, you see what I'm saying? Oh, but, yeah. but it shows you how people are. They still thought they could control the narrative. Yep. They've killed him. 
but that's not enough. Now we got to make sure he stays dead that's and right. that nobody claims yeah. he came back. So to they life. were a little shaky at best. They were very shaky. And so, it, you know, it's like, I find it fascinating. It's the same thing we talked about earlier, how governments work. Somebody might have told them, hey, he pulled it off. Right. <laughs> well, so so when the, when the, the angel shows up, there's another earthquake. An angel shows up, and the angel said he rolled the stone away. Mm-hmm. Which and you me- sat on it. And sat on it. I like it. I do, too. It's, it's almost like, because you remember what Jesus said, I could call legions of angels. But that's why It I, only took one. <laughs> yeah, that's why Al, that, that Acts 1 mentions when Luke wrote that, he makes sure that he said he spent 40 days convincing them yeah. that he was alive. Right. I mean, he just didn't hit the road. He, he made sure he appeared to one and another and this one and that one. And then he, he, well, it wasn't he just, made the round. It wasn't just word. No. Hey, I heard something. Yeah, yeah that's right. Well, but, you remember, you too. You know, showing them the scars. That's and right. it, you know, Yeah, you get a lot of that road to Emmaus and Luke 24. Oh, yeah. Well, days. even when you read these stories, I mean, chapter 28, when the angel, it says he is not here in verse 6, he has risen, just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. It, <laughs> yeah. it always reminded me of when Nathaniel was like trying to warm up to Jesus. And then they said he was from Nazareth, you and John one mm-hmm. and his brother. So well, just come and see. I mean, it, and I think this is the same kind of thing here. I mean, when you bury a body back then and roll the rock where it's not intended to be, that's right. I mean, that was, this is before dynamite. You know, we're this is it's over. It's going to take a lot of people to roll that away, or one angel. But it says he looked like that. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. So this guy had the literal. I mean, he looked like lightning. You know, you've seen lightning flash. You have to close your eyes when it flashes. It's so bright. But that's what Mm -hmm. this guy looked like. This this now sitting on the tomb. The guards were so afraid that they shook and became like dead men. So they just they went into some sort of a cosmic coma. It was too much to bear. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so much, so much for security as best as you know how. Yeah. Because you know all it takes is one angel to show up. Well, no, Doc Holliday said it's just more than he could bear. More than he could bear. But listen, l- listen, what happens though? So the women are on their way. They've they've now seen him. Some of the guards went to the city, reported to the chief priest everything that had happened. So they went and told him that there was some guy or some being that looked like lightning and they've passed out and this guy rolled the stone. They tell them what happened. You know, they did. The chief priest met with the elders to devise a plan. What? <laughs> the plan is over. I mean, the plan ought to be, we need to find out who this guy really is and follow it. Well, they're like, that's why they came up with that. The body must be stolen or. Right. Of course, the outreach did come when Peter, who had the keys to the kingdom given to him by Jesus, and he pretty well told him, you with the help of wicked men, you put him to death by nailing him to a cross. Y'all, you were there. Y'all saw the miracles. And now, you know, you know, he's both Lord and Savior. He's the Messiah. You know, and then they all were like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. They were cut to the heart. They said, what do, what do we do? Yeah. Because they they're hung there, right? Well, that's the first time you see a turnaround of the of of any of those people's minds, right? It's it's when the spirit came like a hurricane, and everybody's looking around like, "What in the world is going on here?" 
Right. And then Peter said, "You're the you're the guilty ones. You you killed him." Use the word though. How wicked are these people? Because they know the truth. Yep. So they give the soldiers money, and they said, "Here's what you do. You were to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while you were asleep." So they're just flat out lying oh, yeah. to protect the thing. If this report gets to the governor, we'll satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. I thought, yeah, right, just like they did Judas, right? Yeah. So the soldiers took the money, did as they were instructed, and this story has been widely circulated even to this very day, which is why I think Matthew puts it in his gospel. Because remember, he was the one warning the Jews. Even our governor way back when governor, what was the one, about the third, three, third one back? T.W.E.? Yeah, yeah, the one that was in prison, they put him Edwards. In, yeah, Edwards. He said he fainted. Yeah. He just fainted. Yeah. You know, after reading all this, he said, no, no, Jesus, he didn't, he wasn't raised. No, he, he just fainted. Yeah. He yeah. swooned. Yeah, yeah, he swooned. Of course, he had reasons to not want to believe in Jesus because he also said the only way he would lose this election is if he was caught in bed with a dead girl or a live boy. Yeah. That's how wicked yeah. EWE was, Yep. by the way. He said that in a campaign, in That's public. Disturbing. It's very disturbing. But my point is they're still devising the plan. I think Matthew puts it in his gospel because he's basically telling a Jewish audience, you got duped. Yeah, by these people, you know, he's he's giving them a warning because he knows Matthew twenty four, you know, this coming, eighty seventy is coming. So look, you got a few years to get this thing worked out. If if you go by the story that the disciples stole him away, when you know better, you're going to pay the price for it. I mean, I think and that's they what did, and they did. Well, from God's perspective, they hear this, all of his followers, and they're getting a plan. You know, he went ahead to Galilee. Oh, let's go. The women are running. You know, let's go tell everybody and then all of a sudden jesus appears in verse nine and says greetings uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what is the, you know can you imagine what of them says peace be with you yeah, like okay settle like, down boys i don't know i mean to us to translate it be Howdy. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> Settle <laughs> down. Because, I mean, they so talk about a ruckus. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshiped, worshiped him. Because you can imagine they were just like. And I think then, all those times he said, I die, I'll be back in three days. All of a sudden, the dots are connecting. Yeah. Yep. This is a being not from this place. Right. We can't kill him. He won't. <laughs> he's he'll die, but he's standing there talking three days later. I mean, you're behind a locked door, and you look up, and he's in the room with you. Yeah. I mean, whoo. But you wonder why the, all these men and women had such boldness from this point forward to their life. Yep. And would all, most of them, be killed. They went to their death not even looking yeah. back. Which I've said a hundred times, you know, it's what it's what's different than other movements and religions, because these people would have known that this was all just a, a joke, right? But they all went to their deathbed in the name of Jesus, because they were like, "We'd rather be dead than deny him," because he's coming. He's he came back. This and it's is all, not a problem. And it's almost like they didn't fear death anymore. Oh. They like didn't. they thought we'll be resurrected. Which on that note, which is why we get to the Great Commission, and when Jesus said, because again, verse 17 is another worship. When they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted, as look, and this still happening today. Oh, yeah. And yep. they saw it. 
and they still doubt it. So when people say, I'm struggling with doubts, I'm like, yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. It happens. Life is tough. That's right. But Jesus took all the pressure off us and says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I mean, that doesn't leave any for us. Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I commanded you, which I would think this would be included. I do this. I do this all the time for that very reason. And I'm with you. I got my orders from headquarters right there. Right there. And I love the way the last sentence says, and I'm with you always to the very end of the day. I'm here. I'm here. Whatever age it is, we're here. You say, I thought he left. No, he's here. He's here. All right. We'll pick it up next time. Pretty cool. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.